You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Are you ready to break free from the chains of anxiety, stress, and depression? Mike Moore, author and founding pastor of Faith Chapel and host of the How to Win podcast, is here with his new book, Help, My Mind is Under Attack. Learn how to overcome attacks on your mind and live an emotionally healthy life. Grab your copy now, available as ebook on Amazon and paperback on MikeMoore.com. Embark on your journey to complete mental health and emotional peace. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Listen, I'm so glad to have you with us. Listen, I want you to tell somebody about these podcasts. You can go back to MikeMooreMinistries.com and, and pull these podcasts up. You too, pull these podcasts up. And I want you to download uh, my app, Mike Moore Ministries app is free. You get teaching on it and a lot of other things. Uh, Listen, I want you to pray for us that we can get this word out. I believe that this word is changing lives. Now, we began in our series some time ago entitled The Believer's Covenant of Wealth. You know what's funny about uh, teaching the Word of God like this? I get a chance to not only prep it, prepare the lesson, but I get a chance to hear it. And then I always listen again to it. And I am telling you, I am getting so blessed. Are you getting blessed uh, through this teaching? The Believer's Covenant of Wealth. The series theme is material wealth is important to God's plan for man. Say that material wealth is important in God's plan for man. This is our sixth episode. Our sixth episode, listen, we've talked about covenant. We've talked about how to enter in covenant. What is a blood covenant? We talked about the Abrahamic covenant. We've connected material wealth to that covenant. And in our last episode, episode five, we, we began to talk about the purpose and the power of our covenant of wealth. And we said that there was two sides to it. We only got to one side. In our fifth episode, we talked about the purpose of our covenant of wealth. We talked about Purpose, And we said that the major purpose of our covenant of wealth is the expansion of God's kingdom in the earth. You got to get that. You got to get that. That's the purpose. Sure, the Bible says that God gives us richly all things to enjoy. So he wants us to enjoy. But the Bible also says that we be rich in good deeds, rich in good works, ready to to distribute, willing to share, willing to help others. God wants us to enjoy material prosperity so that we can expand the kingdom of God in the 
earth. That's the major purpose. And I hope you, I hope you got that. In this episode, the sixth episode, we're going to talk about the power. This is the other side, the power of our covenant of wealth, the power of our covenant of wealth. When we talk about power, we're talking about the ability of the covenant to do something, the ability of the covenant to do something. And I got some good news, and we're going to get rid of all excuses today. Psalms 89.34 is our background text for this lesson. I'll I'll read it to you. God said, my covenant I will not break, nor alter the things that has gone out of my lips. My covenant I will not break nor alter the things that have gone out of my lips. Now, here's a statement. Pardon me. Here's a statement. Our covenant of wealth overrides all challenges and remove all excuses. Listen, I want you to make a note of that. Make a note of that. Write that down. Uh, type that in uh, on your iPad. Whatever you're using, your device, I want you to make a note of this introductory statement. Our covenant of wealth overrides all challenges and remove all excuses. All challenges overrides all challenges. The covenant will override all challenges. Now, here's something. I was ministering Sunday, a lesson. I'm on the teaching team of my local church. And our pastor uh, had us uh, teaching a, a series. And I, I, I made the this, this statement And a simple statement that we're not in heaven. We, believers, are not in heaven. And that being the case, we're going to have challenges. In fact, Jesus said in the word in John 16, 33, he said, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In me, you might have peace. Then he said this, in the world, you shall have tribulation. You will have tribulation. That's trouble. That's adversity. That's challenges. But he said, be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. So listen, what we're teaching is not going to alleviate all challenges. That's not what we're teaching. We're giving you ammunition. We're giving you weapons. We're we're giving you a a, a playbook that when you're feeling, uh, experiencing a challenge or a difficulty, adversity, we want you to know that you have a covenant. The unbeliever, the Bible says, is in the world, has no covenant and without God. That's not you. That's not you. You have a covenant. 
and we're specifically talking about your covenant of wealth. And your covenant of wealth, watch this now, listen carefully, will override any challenge that you face. It will also remove all excuses. Now, an excuse is an exemption from responsibilities. I think all of us, at some time or not, in our spiritual journey, have given excuses for why we didn't achieve or didn't fulfill, didn't obtain, didn't do, didn't go, didn't have. We've all given excuses. An excuse is an exemption from responsibility. So in this lesson, we're going to talk about covenant and how our covenant of wealth removes all excuses. Come on, let's get in. Let's get in this now. And I, I listed some things. Let's talk about the excuse of age, especially old age or older years in life. Many people use that as an excuse. Well, I wish that you had taught me this when I was a young man, I was a young woman, and now I'm past all that. I can pay my bills. I got that little house paid off. I don't want to hear about anything. I done, I done paid my dues. And if we're not careful, we will plateau and not walk in the fullness of what God wanted us to walk in. We use our age as an excuse. In Genesis chapter 24, uh, verse 1, it talks about Abraham. And let's, let's look at Abraham for just a moment. Abraham began his destiny journey at somewhere around 60. Now, now we know in Genesis uh, 6, Genesis chapter 12, the Bible says he was 75 years old when he received this call. But if you back up a few verses into the 11th chapter, Abraham was called before uh, Genesis chapter 12 uh, uh, because the Bible communicates that he sat, all, sat out on the journey and his dad was leading the troops and he ended up in Iran and he stayed there about 15 years. In other words, he got distracted. And then in Genesis 12, he moves out about 15 years later. So Abraham literally began his journey at around 60. And he really uh, got really moving into it at 75, 75. Now, Genesis 24, one says, and I, I, I listen what it says. Abraham was old and advanced in age. Think about that. Now, he's above 100 now. He's old and advanced in age. And the Bible says that God had blessed Abraham in all things. Think about it. 
This man now is above 100 years old. I think he died somewhere around 175, somewhere around that neighborhood. And, and, and yet, in his old age, it says the Lord blessed him in all things. Well, you know, I um, last the latter part in December, I turned 69. And at 69, I had pastored a church, the church that I founded, for 42 years and eight months. Actually, it was 41 years and eight months because I pastored another church, a denomination church, for a year. So for 42 years and eight months, I pastored. Then at the end of that month, I released the church to my son, who is now the lead pastor of that church and doing a great job. And now I transition out. And most people, when they get to my age, around 69, they retire. I didn't retire. I just transitioned. I, that's all I did. I just transitioned from this pastoring Faith Chapel over to this being the CEO and the director and leader of Mike Moore Ministries because I believe that my best days are ahead. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that everything that I accomplished in those 40 years prepared me for this time. In fact, I'm believing for 41 more years to live. I'm claiming 100, 110 years. That's what I'm believing for, 110 years. I know you're thinking, Psalm 90 says, the days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength, it'll be 80. No, no, that's that's not the, the lifespan that God promises. God said with long life. That's Psalms 91, 16. And then God says in Genesis 6, the days of a man's would be 120 years. Actually, if you study out Psalms 90, where Moses is praying because the people are dying in the wilderness, and Moses feel that they are dying, feels that they are dying too early. He said they are dying at 70, and, and, and if they reach 80, that's as far as they're going. And so he's interceding in God. That is not a lifespan. Moses is saying that the people are dying too young. So long life is somewhere above 80 up to 120. And I'm claiming, I'm claiming 110. And I believe my best days are ahead. So let's say you're advancing in age. What's your excuse? What's your excuse? Is it age? If it's age, then you're saying that all God has for you is in your past and you're looking back and, and your best days will be behind you. Or you can turn in the other direction and say, my best days are ahead of me. The old age factor. Let's look at a, let's look at a, a, another uh, excuse. When you look at Isaac, Isaac in Genesis 26, verse 12 through 14, said that he sold his seeds into a land where there's a famine, and God prospered him in that land of famine. That's Genesis 26, verse 12 through 14. So we see here the economic factor. 
So many people say, well, it's the economy. You know, I can't do this. I can't grow. I can't advance. I can't buy a house. I can't, uh, I can't do this. I can't change job. I can't, the economy is bad. So they use the economy as an excuse when they have a covenant that overrides the challenge of a bad economy and removes all excuses of a bad economy. If Isaac in Genesis 26, 12 through 14 could not just sow in a bad economy, in a famine, but he also prospered. We're going to look at it in our next episode. He became very wealthy in a bad economy. There are millionaires. In fact, every Every day, someone is becoming a millionaire. In fact, many people become millionaires in bad economies. You have a covenant of wealth that will override the economy. It can be in recession. It can be in depression. But you're not limited to the economy because you have a covenant of wealth. And then there's the destitute factor. We talked about the old age factor. We talked about the economy factor, bad economy. Let's talk about the destitute factor. So many people, they say they can't prosper. They can't win. Uh, in our church, the church that I'm a member of, we have a minister to the homeless. And we bought a facility in downtown Birmingham to minister to the homeless. The homeless would be considered destitute without a home. Well, when you look in the Bible in Genesis, we won't we won't put these up on the screen. I'll just give you the text. You can go back and look it up. In Genesis 32, verses verse 10, 30. Verse 10, pardon me, Genesis 32, verse 10, and then Genesis 30, 43, it communicates that Jacob left home. Remember, he he deceived his daddy and took uh, uh, his brother Jacob's uh, Esau. Uh, he took his brother Esau's blessing and uh, stole his birthright. Well, swindle his brother out of birthright, and Jacob left home homeless. In fact, he said, I left with a staff. That's all I had was a stick, a staff, and the clothes on his back. And God made him a very wealthy man. And for all practical purposes, Jacob, when he left home running from his brother, he was homeless. And yet he had a covenant. And that covenant overrode the destitute factor. So let's move that off. Maybe you don't have anything. Maybe you're homeless. Maybe you're living with somebody. Maybe you don't have a house. You need this. You need that. You need that. But if you're born again, you have a covenant and your covenant will override those challenges and it removes all excuses. Let's let's talk uh, our fourth uh, thing. Let's talk, look at Joseph. We looked at Abraham. He overcame the old 
the old factor, too old factor. Uh, Isaac overcame the bad economy factor. Jacob overcame the destitute factor. And then Joseph, uh, he overcame several factors. He overcame the race factor. He overcame the uneducated factor. He overcame the incarcerated factor. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 41, verse 39 through 43, that Joseph was elevated to be second in command with all the authority and all the wealth that that uh, 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 entailed. He became the second person in command of Egypt. And yet... He started off in Egypt as a slave, a Jewish slave, a Jewish teenager. Think about it. He's in Egypt. He's not an Egyptian. So he's the wrong race, ethnicity. He's the wrong because he's not an Egyptian. The predominant race in Egypt was the Egyptians. And here is a Jewish boy, teenager, came in this country, the most powerful country in the world, and as a person of a minority race, God was able to elevate him because he was a descendant of Abraham. He was the seed of Abraham, and he had a covenant of wealth. And that covenant of wealth overrode the race or ethnicity deficiency, if you want to call it that. I, maybe that's not the right word. But sometimes we use our race as an excuse. There is such a thing as racism in the world. So I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist. I'm simply saying that if you're a believer, you're a Christian, you have a covenant of wealth that will override the challenge of being a minority in a majority environment, and it will override and remove all excuses. Joseph was the wrong race. He was a Jew in a predominantly Egyptian culture. Not only did he override that, but he was uneducated. Joseph came into Egypt and had no knowledge of the language. He couldn't speak the language. He had not gone to the Egyptian schools. He didn't have a degree. He didn't have anybody. He didn't have any contacts. He didn't have anybody personally that he knew in the country. So he was an uneducated teenager. And yet his lack of education, and we are pro-education, his lack of education, his lack of not having a degree did not stop the covenant of wealth that he had. But not only that, think about it, he was incarcerated for a period of time in Egypt. He was in prison. And we all know that when people are incarcerated and they have a, a record, a criminal record, 
it becomes extremely difficult after they leave prison to get jobs, to move ahead. But people have done it over the years, but it can be very difficult if you're operating in the natural. But if you are incarcerated, you're listening to me now, or you have uh, gotten out of prison and you have a record and, and those people ask you questions on the application and people turn you down and you've been turned down, then let's shift over now. Let's shift over and let's believe as a believer that you have a covenant of wealth and that covenant of wealth will override the incarceration factor, the, the criminal record factor. In other words, I want you to talk covenant. Don't talk about your record. I'm not saying hide it, but I'm saying God will give you favor if you press in, if you start confessing that I have a covenant with God and nothing can stop me from advancing. That's Joseph. Let's look at David. David had to overcome the sin factor. He committed a moral failure. He had adultery with a man's wife, had the man killed, married the woman, had an Ill illegitimate child through the woman, and he had all kinds of trouble in his life as a result of that. But First Chronicles 29, 28, says, and David died in a good old age, full of days, riches, and honor. So even though he committed sin, had a moral favor, failure, and maybe that's you. Maybe you've lost something due to a moral failure, but you've repented and you're trying to start over again. I am saying that you have a covenant of wealth that will override that situation, override that moral failure. I'm saying that you can get back up, you repent, get back up, stand on your covenant, and that covenant will override that past moral failure. Let's look at Solomon. Solomon overcame a lot of challenges. He overcame the youth factor. He overcame the inexperience uh, factor. In 1 Kings 3, 7, he's praying to God and he said, God, I'm just a you. He says, I, I don't know how to go out and how to come in. And really, as, as young people, we lack the experience. And sometimes we haven't developed ourselves and, and we haven't, uh, we, we, we're moving toward uh, preparing ourselves, but we're not there. And if we're not careful, we will, uh, we will invalidate ourselves because we're young and because we're inexperienced. But 1 Kings 4, 29 through 30, it says Solomon was one, was the wisest man in all the nation that he lived in. In fact, he was the wisest man next to Jesus who ever walked the face of the earth. And yet he began as a youth and as an inexperienced person. Didn't know what he was doing, but his covenant of wealth, he was a seed of Abraham. His covenant of wealth overrode the youth factor 
and the experience factor. And then finally, let's look at Job. We all have heard about Job. All of us have heard about Job. The Bible says that Job and and uh, the book of Job lost everything. Uh, he lost his wife. He lost his children. He lost his wealth. He lost his health. He lost everything. But he was a descendant of Abraham, and he had a covenant of wealth. And even though he lost everything, the Bible says in Job 42.10, the Lord restored Joseph's losses and gave him twice as much as he had before. So maybe you've lost a house or lost a job or lost a marriage or lost whatever you've lost, a relationship with your family. The Bible says that the Lord restored Joseph's losses. And sometimes some relationships may not be restored. Then God will give you other relationships. He'll bless you. He'll restore things. Maybe you lost a job, lost a house, lost a car, repossessed. Uh, things were repossessed. Then your covenant will override the loss factor. All we've said today was that you have a covenant that has so much power to it that it will override any challenge that you face and it will remove any excuse. I hope that you've been blessed by uh, the teaching today, but we're not finished. We got some more to share with you. I pray that you have a wonderful day. Go back and listen to this podcast and I speak blessings and increase over your life. I pray that you walk in the fullness of your covenant of wealth in Jesus' name. Are you ready to break free from the chains of anxiety, stress, and depression? Mike Moore, author and founding pastor of Faith Chapel and host of the How to Win podcast, is here with his new book, Help, My Mind is Under Attack. Learn how to overcome attacks on your mind and live an emotionally healthy life. Grab your copy now, available as ebook on Amazon and paperback on MikeMoore.com. Embark on your journey to complete mental health and emotional peace.